And I tell you, grace is a wonderful thing. I mean, the song we sang, Amazing Grace, Wonderful Grace of Jesus, Marvelous, Infinite, Matchless Grace. And just, you know, the very definition of grace itself, it's, grace is really, it's the application of Christ's righteousness to the sinner. I don't know if you all realize this. I hope you realize this. But if you're saved today, it has nothing to do with your righteousness. It has everything to do with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, His blood, it cleansed you. And His grace, it saves you. And you don't deserve it. You never deserve to get saved, folks. You didn't deserve it. You don't deserve to stay saved. But you know, at this, and when you look at grace and just how you know it's not obtained by works, you know it's all by you know, faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, it's so exciting. But then at the same time, even though a lot of people know all these things about grace, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of people that believe that you can lose your salvation. And you know, there are no. And this morning, what I want to do. Uh, we'll go to Galatians chapter five, verse four. All right, do something for me, okay? I'm going to tell you not to do something, and I know you're probably just going to do it because we're just natural rebels, okay? But I want you to read Galatians chapter five, verse four. Don't read the verses before or after, please, okay? Just read Galatians chapter five, verse four. Help me out. Don't ruin the message by reading all the uh, we looking at the context and everything. Just look at Galatians five four. Put your blinders on. Maybe we need to be you know start putting the verses on the screen so uh, y'all can't you know check up on some of these things. But um, Galatians chapter five verse four. Notice what it says. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. And I want to talk about that term, fallen from grace, this morning. And what I want to do today, it's kind of twofold. We're going to kind of do a Bible study. We're going to talk about what it means to fall from grace. But at the same time, I want to try to kind of give you a lesson on how to study your Bible and how to interpret the Bible. Because that verse we just read there, many people will use this as a proof verse that you can lose your salvation. Hey, you've fallen from grace. That means you're not saved. That means you had salvation, but you lost your salvation. But I'm here today to tell you that that is not what that verse means. And it is completely unfair to take those words and interpret it in that way. Okay, But falling from grace. That, doesn't that, that kind of sounds like you're losing salvation, doesn't it? But not if you study the Bible like we're supposed to study the Bible, and just a couple of rules to follow anytime you're studying the Bible, anything you study about the Bible, is you always interpret every scripture according to its context. Okay? You always have to look at the context to you know get the full meaning, to fully understand what's going on. You can't just take a part of a verse. You can't just take one verse and leave everything out before and after it. It can lead you down a wrong path. It can it can really mess you up doctrinally. And so you always got to look at the context. And when we look at the context of this verse here, it's going to be very clear what it's talking about. It has nothing to do with losing your salvation. And then this is another very important thing to do. Okay, now we believe in the inspiration of the scriptures around here, don't we? Okay, now we have a statement of faith that we have put together. Now that statement of faith that we put together, it's mostly just to help 
people that maybe want to know what we believe, kind of where we stand on some of the important things. It's uh, kind of something they can look at and get a pretty good idea of who we are, what we believe. But at the same time, what is the final authority in this church? Pastor Tommy? No, no. <laughs> it's the Bible, right? It's the Word of God, final authority. And we've got, we never want to forget that. And let me tell you something. It is not a dictionary that's a final authority. You see, if a person doesn't believe the Bible is a final authority, if the per- people don't follow this next rule I'm going to talk to you about, we can start getting our authority from dictionaries or whatever we want. Okay, that verse does say, you have fallen from grace. And if we wanted to, as a religion, we could define that as losing your salvation. But does that mean that that's what it is? Okay, people all the time. We're always the definitions of word are always changing. Did you know that? Like, if I said, if I told Samuel, man, that special you played, that was really bad. Did you know that could be a compliment in today's vernacular? Can it? You know, you got to say like that was really bad. You know, that that's not a compliment. But it's like, man, that was a bad solo you played there, Samuel. Hey, thank you. You know, I mean, definitions change, don't they? Uh, and so, you've got to be fair on how you define these words. And let me tell you, God never promised to inspire a dictionary, but yet there are preachers all over that are correcting the Bible based off what a dictionary says. And listen, the best way to define is let the Bible define itself. Okay, interpret the Bible with the Bible, and when we look, we're going to look at other passages where it uses similar terms, like we see here in this "fallen from grace." And when you do that, it's very clear what the Bible talks about, because the Bible always fits together. There are no contradictions in the Bible, and so for us to just say "fallen from grace" means you lose your salvation, that's really dangerous, especially when there are no verses in the Bible that say. It, you know that even imply lose your salvation. Lose your salvation is not in the Bible. You know we're saved, aren't saved anymore. It's not in the Bible. And you know so we also we don't want to interpret scriptures based on a religious doctrine. That's what many people do. Okay, so many people when they read the Bible, their final authority is in their religious doctrine. Okay, and depending on what their religion is, their religion might say a person can lose their salvation. And if their religion says you can lose your salvation, they will take a verse like fallen from grace and use that to say, yes, that means you can lose your salvation. But at the same time, even you know, as Baptists, we got to be careful too. Baptists, for the most part, are a once saved, always saved type people. They believe that. And we don't want to interpret the Bible based off our official doctrine that we have. Okay, We're not going to look at our statement of faith that if we see something in the Bible that contradicts our statement of faith, we're not going to say, well, our statement of faith says this, so therefore we are going to define what the Bible says as something else. Okay, Not fair. Not supposed to do it that way. The Scripture. okay, Interpret Scripture with Scripture. And so that's what we're going to do. Okay, So what does it mean to fall from grace? Because to fall in this passage and many others, it doesn't mean to fall from in the sense that they were there but aren't anymore. Okay, When it says they were falling from grace, it's not saying they were at salvation and then they fell from salvation. Okay, It, It does not mean that. It just means they fell short and they didn't make it in the first place. Okay, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. Now here's the funny thing. Most people who will say that you can lose your salvation are okay with using you know, pretty much any version of the Bible. And you know most other versions of the Bible say fall short. Okay, And so it's just kind of a double standard that they have that they'll say fallen from grace means you know, you lost your salvation, but they won't interpret Romans 3.23 as losing your salvation. Okay, But Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short. Basically, if you're trying to work your way to heaven, okay, you're going to come short. You're going to fall short. You know why? Because none of us are good enough. Okay, but the thing is, you never you never got there. Has anybody ever gotten to the point where they were saved based on their works alone? No, nobody ever has. Everyone who's ever done it has come short, or they have fallen. They have fallen short. They never made it. And so we need to remember: we none of us started out saved, did we? We all started out lost. Okay, nobody started out saved. We started out lost, and it is clear in the Bible that there were people who were never saved, that fell. And we're going to look at that in a little bit. So it's very presumptuous to assume that fallen from grace means to lose your salvation. And I think everyone would agree there's no place in the Bible where it says lose your salvation. Okay, It's just not there. So in order to teach that you can lose your salvation, what people have to do is they have to apply meanings to phrases that just aren't fair. And you know you can try to attach whatever definition you want to a word and a phrase, but I don't think that's fair. We're trying to get to truth. I, I want to know truth. And so I think we need to let the Bible define itself. So let's look at some similar passages here that maybe will help us with this. Go to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. And we're going to go back to Galatians 4 in a while after we learn what it means to fall away or to fall uh, fall from grace. Romans chapter 11, in verse 7 it says, What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. He's talking about the Jewish people here that they had fallen. Okay, Now what does that mean? Well, if we go and we read all of Romans chapter 11 or even all of the book of Romans, we don't have time to do that. It was clear that the reason the Jewish people fell is because they were trying to obtain salvation through the work of the law. Okay, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And whenever Jesus Christ came and He died and He paid for their sins, it was a constant battle for Paul and for the disciples as they would go and they would try to preach the Gospel. There was almost always Jewish people that would come in and they would try to bring the works of the law in and make it a part of salvation. And Paul's trying to tell them here, they have fallen because of that. They had fallen from grace, they had never got saved because they were trying to do it through the works of the law. See, they had fallen away from truth. Okay, everyone 
who dies and goes to hell. Okay? They have they have fallen from grace. They missed out. Everyone who's out there trying to work their way to heaven, they are fallen from grace. They have they have missed it because grace has been offered to everyone. Okay? The gift of salvation has been offered to everyone, but does everyone accept it? No, many people fall. People who want to go to heaven. People who are trying to get to heaven, but they're trying to do it through works. They're trying to do it through religion. Those people have fallen from grace. Okay, and that that fall, okay, that fall is what's ultimately going to send them to hell. And here, the Jewish people, they had fallen. Why? Because they were seeking salvation by the works of the law and not by the faith of Jesus Christ. And so then, another example that we see, one that may be a little clear, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. You know, it's real easy to get tricky with the Bible and tricky with how you do words and stuff. And I try to, anytime I preach a message, I try to do it in a way that's up front. I try not to play tricks on you uh, or anything like that. I, I know a few tricks. I, I try not to do it. I try to make sure you know we're honest about this so anyone can see it if we're honest with how we interpret the Bible. But 1 Corinthians Corinthians 10 verse 6 says, Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. The context here, he's talking about the children of Israel when they were wandering in the wilderness. They got sick of manna. They wanted meat. They demanded meat. God gave them meat, but then while they were eating it, while the flesh was still in their teeth, God got mad at them and He slew many of them. And that was given to us God gave, wrote that story in the Bible for an example to us that we wouldn't lust after things. Okay, Verse 7, and He said, "...neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them as is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand." And the word fell there means talking about dying. Literally dying. There's 23,000 that died in one day. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Okay? Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you. But such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. So right here, he's talking about idolatry. Okay? You need to stay away from idolatry. And he tells them, you know, take heed. If you think you stand, lest you fall. How can you fall? Well, there are many people that try going after idols, don't they? That was a constant problem for the children of Israel. They were constantly going after idolatry. They struggled with believing in an invisible God. They struggled with that. And God commanded them too, don't make any images. Thou shalt not make any graven images. He didn't want to make likenesses of Him. But they always went after idols, didn't they? They made that golden calf that you might remember. And there were throughout their history, they made many other gods. And God was always angry with them. And some people today, uh, they, or, they fall as a result of idolatry. Now, and what does that mean for us? Because I know in our culture, we're not a very idolatrous people in the sense that we, you know, we don't 
Uh, you don't see too many people bound to idols, do you? Okay, we don't see a whole lot of that around uh, in this part of the world. But at the same time, this idolatry that caused them to fall it show, idolatry shows a lack of faith. Okay, people they want to believe in something that they can see, don't they? And here you got Moses telling them about a God that they can't see. And they're like, you know what? We'd rather worship a God we can see. And they were, they'd rather worship a God they were able to make with their hands. And you know what? Even though we don't see a lot of people bowing to idols, there are a lot of people that are basing their salvation off things they can see. Well, I saw myself get baptized. And so they think they are going to heaven because they got baptized. They can see themselves do good works. You know, they'll see the different, maybe they'll see a miracle, maybe they'll see somebody speak in tongues or something. And because they saw those things, they put their faith and trust in those things. And let me tell you that if you're putting your faith and trust in your salvation and the fact that you got baptized and the fact that you had some experience, you saw something, you know, the Pope blessed you, whatever it is, I'm telling you right now, you have fallen from grace. Idolatry has caused you to fall from grace. People struggle with a salvation that they can't see. Okay? When I got saved, I physically didn't see anything. Nothing happened. No miracles. No bright light shone. Nothing happened. You know, all I have is just faith in what the Bible says. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But is there anything I can actually put my finger on? Is there anything I can lay my hands on to prove that I'm saved? And there's nothing. Okay? And many people, they want something. Whether it be the works of the law, whether it be a miracle, whether it be a sign, whether it be getting dunked, taking communion, whatever it is, and if you go after salvation in those things, you have fallen from grace. Okay, grace is unmerited favor, and you better wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. If you're thinking you're saved, folks, because you think you're going to heaven because you did some good thing, if you think you're going to heaven because you're a member of a church, take heed lest ye fall. If you are, if you are, you can be a member of this church, but if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are not saved. And I'm here today to tell you, you better take heed lest you fall, because you can die right here today, sitting in the church pew as a member of this church. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, you will die and go to hell. You will have fallen from grace. Okay, man, grace. I mean, it was right there for you. You could have got saved at any time. Okay, the plan of salvation. I mean, you you've you've heard it preached here over and over again. All you had to do was just believe in the Lord and accept that, but you held on to something else. You were working on something else and while you were in the best place where you ought to be able to get grace, you fell. You missed it. You came short because you thought it was enough just being a church member, being a good person, getting baptized, whatever, and you did, but you missed it. You fell from grace. In Hebrews chapter 4, go to Hebrews chapter 4 and look at some scriptures in here where we see some falling that takes place. Hebrews chapter 4. I think some of these get more and more clear as we go. But it says in verse 1, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering in unto his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Okay? Promise of coming into his rest. Any come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Okay? 
I'm preaching the same thing right now to everybody. Okay? When it comes to the plan of salvation, I preach the same thing to everybody everywhere I go. But you know what? It doesn't profit everybody. You know why? Because not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As He said, As I have sworn in My wrath, if they shall enter into My rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Okay? The only work that needed to be done for you to get saved was done by Jesus Christ. Okay? He, already, he took care of your works to get you to heaven. For He spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all His works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into My rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. The Gospel was preached to the Jews first, but it didn't do them any good because they didn't believe. Again, He limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today after so long time as it is said, today if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would He not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Did you all see that? Y'all, the Bible's teaching us something here, and this is something that's not preached on a lot, but it's very clear here in this passage. When God created the world, God worked, didn't He? And it took Him six days. And after six days, God rested. And the Bible here is comparing salvation as us entering into rest. Okay? And God quit working on the seventh day. When we get saved, we are entering into rest. You know why? Because we're not working for our salvation anymore, are we? We're resting. Hey, the work's completed. The work was completed by Jesus Christ. I can be at peace. I can be at rest. Now, of course, we all still work regular work, don't we? You know, we still work our jobs. We still get tired. We work raising our family. And we even work trying to be a good Christian. But when it comes to salvation, a person who has entered into God's rest, they have ceased working for their salvation, okay? If you're still trying, working to be saved or stay saved, you're not saved. You've not entered into His rest. Okay? And every time you look at that story where God rested on the seventh day, He ceased from His work, He was teaching us something that after we get saved, we're supposed to enter into His rest. Do not work for your salvation anymore. Verse 11, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. Okay, Let's labor for that. Let's work to enter into that rest. Okay, Let's get there lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Okay? Unbelief is what keeps you from getting saved. Believing is what gets you saved. Those who are in unbelief have fallen. Those who believe have not fallen. Verse 12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. 
Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We see here in the Bible that once we have entered into His rest, once you've been saved, man, we boldly can approach the throne of grace. We boldly can approach God. We don't have to worry about Him killing us or you know us falling over dead because we are, we're at rest, folks. If you're saved today, you are at rest. And don't be like those who fall because of unbelief. And we see here, once again, that, that term there, falling, but it's talking about those who never have entered into His rest. Those who never have been saved, those are the ones who fall. And so, that uh, once again, you, there's no way you can look at all these terms and see losing your salvation every time falling is mentioned. And then the last one, Galatians chapter five, verse one. Galatians chapter five, or no, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six. I almost skipped one, and this is, I think, this is probably one of the clear, uh, clearest ones here. Hebrews chapter six, verse one. Because we're going to see in this passage that it is possible to fall away from truth and still be saved. Okay, because there's a, in 2 Thessalonians, the Bible talks about before Christ returns, there's going to come a falling away first. And there's a lot of confusion about what that falling away means because people get confused. So many people think falling away means losing your salvation. Many people associate that with taking the mark of the beast. And so if a person takes the mark of the beast, they're going to lose their salvation. Yeah, but the truth is, a person can fall away from truth and still be saved. Okay? And let's look, so let's look at this in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. For this will we do if God permit, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good Word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Notice that. They fall away again unto repentance. Okay? He say in the first verse there he talks about you know the doc, he talks about the repentance from dead works. Many people think that you can get saved by turning from your sins and turning to works of the law. Okay, no, that's dead works. You're not going to do anything with that. And he's, but many times people who have gotten saved sometimes they get messed up doctrinally, don't they? Many people who are saved eventually some they get convinced that maybe they can lose their salvation. Some people even get convinced that they did lose their or they have lost their salvation. And then they'll go and they'll try to get saved again. And let me tell you, when that happens, that makes Christ look bad. That is a horrible testimony for you who claim to be saved. If you go and you, I mean, you have professed to be a Christian, and you were to go and say, "Man, I lost my salvation." And get saved all over again. Do you realize you're making Christ look bad? 
Was His salvation not good enough to keep you saved? Was His works not enough to keep you saved? Or did it have something to do with your works? We are cheapening the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross anytime we attribute our works to getting saved or keeping our salvation. And a person who has been saved, okay, you, you can't get saved again. Okay, it's impossible. Look at verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain, and cometh off upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them, by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, notice this, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward His name and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And I wish we had time to go through every little thing on here, but basically right here, he says, you know, it's clear that saved people were doing some of the stuff he was talking about. Because he's like, hey, we're persuaded better things of you. We expect more from you. If you're saved today, you know, there's some things that God expects from you. Some things that accompany salvation. Some things that come with salvation. God expects something from you. God expects a saved person to go to church. God expects a saved person to be a witness. Okay? God expects you to let your light shine. Y'all agree with that? Okay, but at the same time, do those things save you? Do those things keep you saved? No. But God wants you to do those things. And then notice in verse 10, He said, God is not unrighteous to forget your works. When you see the context of this, He's trying to encourage them because there are many people that sometimes they get discouraged working for the Lord. There are many people, they go and they're serving God, they're doing the right thing, and it just doesn't seem to be working. That happens. People sometimes, they get saved, they put their faith and trust in Christ, they really get saved, and then they go and they try changing their life, they try doing right, and boy, the cares of this world just get a hold of them. Maybe tragedy strikes their life. and they get Maybe they get offended. Maybe somebody in the church hurts their feelings, and they end up getting out of church. They end up getting away from God. And listen, he's telling them, hey, don't do that. God is not going to forget what you're doing. If you're serving God today, God is not going to forget what you have done for Him. And I'm here today to tell you, you know, don't quit. Don't go back to the life that you used to live. Okay? If you used to be a drunk before you got saved, don't go back to being a drunk. Okay? If you do that, you're going to make Christ look bad. You're still saved, but you're going to make him look bad. God's not going to, he sees what you're doing. He's keeping track. He's going to make it all right one of these days. Don't give up, but it is possible for people to backslide, isn't it? People do all the time. They get away from God. They get down. They get discouraged. You know what they're doing? They're falling away, like it says in here. Not falling away from salvation, not even falling from grace. In this passage, they're falling away from truth. Like it says in 2 Thessalonians, before Christ returns, there is going to come a falling away. And I believe it's talking about apostasy. I believe it's talking about a falling away from the truth. And I believe that we are right on the verge of that falling away. And it's not going to take much for, I mean, it doesn't take much these days. People know so little about the Bible for them to be deceived in great ways. And I believe many people, more people before Christ returns are going to fall away from truth. We're seeing it happen all the time, 
already. I'm here today to tell you those people are still saved, but they make Christ look bad. And they need to not give up. They need to stay strong. Hey, the things that we're teaching here, they are coming less and less popular in the world. More and more people are falling away from truth. But I'm telling you, we need to hang on. God's keeping track. He's paying attention. He is not going to forget about what we're doing. And so we need to, so that falling away here, sometimes it just means a falling away from truth. And you can be saved, but not right doctrinally in a lot of ways. You know, there are a lot of saved people that believe some pretty crazy things, aren't they? But they, you know, they've missed truth. They've not fallen away from salvation. They, and that, in the sense here in Hebrews 11, they've not, or Hebrews 6, they've not even fallen from grace. So now, go back to Galatians chapter 5, understanding what falling away means, okay, this isn't somebody who was there and fell from it, okay? It's clear in all these passages, that you know they weren't they weren't ever there. And Galatians five one says, "Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage." As a believer today, we are at liberty. Okay, now, as folks, as much as I would love to be able to just get up here and tell everybody what to do and make everybody do what I think Christians ought to do, uh, God has not given me that authority. I can't do that. Okay, as convenient as that would be, and even if I could get away with doing that, even if I I had you all under my thumb so much that I could just say, folks, this is what y'all have to do and y'all would do it just because you were scared or whatever. Would we have liberty? Is that liberty, folks? No, that's not liberty. And the Bible says stand fast in the liberty. Okay, Let's not lose our liberty. And then, and don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Okay, If you are practicing circumcision as a part of salvation, which if you read the rest of Galatians, if you go through Acts, people were trying to constantly bring circumcision in as part of salvation. That was something that the Jews had to do and they wanted it to be a part of Christianity. And Paul said, listen, if you're going to try to bring the works of the law in and make it a part of salvation, you are a debtor to the entire law. It's either law or grace, folks. Okay, it's either law or grace. If you want to go and do all the stuff in the Old Testament, go ahead. But you don't get to pick and choose. You have to do all of it. And if you ate bacon this morning for breakfast, you're going to hell. Okay, so just remember that you don't get to pick and choose. Take it all, or take the law, or take grace. Okay, verse three. For I testify again. To every man that is circumcised, he is a debtor to do the whole law. Okay, If you're thinking your circumcision did something, you are a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Did you see that? Those who were trying to get saved by the works of the law had fallen from grace. They weren't saved. They never were saved. They were trying to get there by the law. Verse 5, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Okay, We're waiting for the hope of righteousness. Okay, I mentioned this last week. This is not the finished product right here. Okay, This isn't it. We are not righteous yet. We're still sinners. But what are we doing? We're waiting for it. Okay, We're waiting for God to give it to us. 
We can't get it on our own. Us going and trying to keep all these laws and follow all these rules, it's not going to work. We're going to fall from grace. We're going to come short every time. And so what we're doing, we're just putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and we're waiting for righteousness. We're waiting for Him to return. We're waiting so He can change us and make us like Him. We're waiting for it. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ... Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? They were on the right path, but you know what? Somebody stopped them. Somebody got them caught up in the things of the law, and they didn't make it. They didn't get there. They hindered them. They stopped them. And so we see here in all these passages that falling from grace, it doesn't mean they were there and they're not anymore. They never got there. They came short. They fell short. There is no place in the Bible that says a person can become unsaved after being saved. And sadly, while many people have figured out that we're supposed to rely on Jesus to obtain salvation, many rely on themselves to keep their salvation. You don't have to turn there, but in Jude chapter 1, verse 24, it says, "...now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling." and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. It is Jesus Christ that can keep us from falling. It is Jesus Christ that keeps us saved. His Holy Spirit it seals us unto the day of redemption. The very fact that I am still saved today has nothing to do with my works. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ. And I'm still waiting for righteousness. And everyone who has put their faith and trust in anything other than the work of Christ, they have fallen from grace. If you are a part of a group that you're trying to work your way to heaven, you're fallen from grace. Now thank God, He can pick you up. If you'll put your faith and trust in Him, He'll pick you up and He will bring you into salvation. He will save your soul. He will cleanse you from your sin But if you're trying to do it on your own, you've fallen from grace. That's what it means in Galatians 5.4 to fall from grace. If you're depending on anything other than the work of Christ, you've already fallen from grace. And I tell you, it scares me when people believe that they can lose their salvation because it tells me they're trusting in something other than Jesus Christ. And when your faith and trust is in Jesus Christ, well, that's going to work. He's not going to fail. He already paid our penalty. And He said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. And that might not be enough for some of you if you're idolatrous, but look at what happened to Israel as a result of idolatry. They fell as a result of idolatry. Many fell because they wanted to work their way to heaven. You know, I want to do something to earn it. I don't take anything from anybody. Hey, you better take this gift. Because it's the only way you're getting into heaven. So with that, let's all stand together.